Yeah, good, I'm back. I was up there and here I am again. This is how my preaching's better than my guitar playing. But hey, you get what you're given, all right? Hey, welcome to church this morning. It's good to be here. 2024, new year. Start to the new year, here we go. I know we're a bit into it now. Does it feel like we're into the new, can you still call it a new year? Are we, are we into it now? Has everyone put their Christmas trees away? Ours is still up. Someone said that Sam reckons the 6th of January is when you pack it up. The 6th. I, the, it's an epiphany. Sure, sure. <laughs> the Elmses have had an epiphany that that's when you're meant to pack up your tree on the 6th. <laughs> So it's a new year. Last week I said, turn to the person next to you and, and tell them something that you're taking with you and something you're leaving behind. We're not going to do that again because I did that last week. But normally at the start of a new year, it's a time for resolutions. Is anyone into that sort of thing? Does anyone go, this year, I'm going to do this and this is my time to start it? Raise it, show of hands, anyone? I like to, every year I do it, right? Every year I go, this is what I'm going to do this year. I'm starting this in January. This year for me, it's, uh, I'm, getting, I'm getting fit. Yep. Not that I'm unfit, but I walked up a hill. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Sam's good at, uh, you know, giving me a bit of a reality check. A few months ago, I said, um, I'm having black coffees because my body is a temple. And he said, someone should tell your body. Right? And it's sat with me ever since. <laughs> but this year I'm getting fit. I walked up a hill a few weeks ago and I thought that was way harder than it should have been. So that's what I'm doing. And I'm starting tomorrow. I've had a couple of weeks off from work. Tomorrow, back at work. That's really the start of 2024. But it, the start of a new year is a start of, it's, it's a time for starting things and ending things and new things. And that's what I want to talk to you quickly about this morning, is new things. The Bible is full of characters and, and, and people that we hear about that, that are taken from one thing through God and led into something new that is transformative in their life. We agree with that. Most of us are pretty familiar with the Bible. A couple of those people I want to bring to your attention this morning. I think you're across them, but let's just... Yeah, Eve's here. And I don't have a wife here either, so I'm relying on the church to keep her back there. So thank you. Thanks, Beck. Moses, right? Moses was a prince. He was the... Adopted by Pharaoh's daughter, he lived in the palace. He lived a very good, happy life as a prince. Joseph was uh, one of Jacob's many sons. He was one of 12 sons, was a shepherd. He was favoured by Jacob. He was the favourite. Uh, he was good at what he did. You, you have to assume that they, he was the favourite because he was a great shepherd, I think. Noah was a, a carpenter and a craftsman, a good man of God and, and a sower of the grapes. And David was a, a kid who was a shepherd, who used to fight bears and lions with a stick. You familiar with these characters? A few nods around the room? 
Well, you shouldn't be familiar with them because that's what they're well known for, right? Those things that I just mentioned to you are things that happened to them prior to having an encounter with God that changed their life, that took something new. Moses is probably more well known for being the, the parter of the Red Sea. He, he led the nation of Israel out of Egypt. He freed a nation. That's quite a a significant thing for someone to do. Joseph, if you're familiar with the story of Joseph in his Technicolor dream coat, he had a cool coat. His brothers tried to kill him and, and sell him and, and he ended up going and interpreting dreams for powerful people. He ended up leading a nation. Quite a significant change from a shepherd to the leader of a nation. Noah, well, Although he was a craftsman, he built the ark. We, uh, I said to Susie, what's Noah known for? And she thought it was a trick question. I was like, no. He built the ark. He, he repopulated the earth with animals and, and people. And he was a significant part of the, the Old Testament. And David, well, he's probably an even more significant part. He goes on to, to kill Goliath. David actually has a few sort of big moments where God takes him into something new. He goes from the shepherd boy to the killer of a giant to a king. Now, granted, he's got some other stuff going on, but they're the key points. Most of them were already serving and already in a relationship with God and already had a job. God took them to something new and it changed their story. My favorite story of, uh, of a, just an average guy who does something incredible uh, is the story of Philip in the book of Acts. For the sake of this morning, we're going to refer to him as Phil because it's more personal. It's a bit down to earth. It's, it's just one of us, one of the fellas, you know. Not to be confused with the apostle Phil. This is Phil the evangelist. Two different people. Let's not confuse them. We first meet Phil in Acts chapter 6, and we're going to see those verses up on the screen now. So, now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. Daily distribution of bread and goods and, and services that the church would provide. The 12 disciples summoned the full number of disciples and said... It is not right that we should give up preaching the word to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to pray and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Phil, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timothy, or Timon, uh, and Paramenus, and Nick, a proselyte of Antioch. All right. <laughs> I don't know that it is better than my uh, guitar playing at this point. These they set before the apostles. 
And they prayed and laid their hands on them. Let's pray ourselves. Jesus, uh, we just pray right now that as we explore this word together, that you would just open our hearts, open our minds to see what you want to say to us this morning. Uh, Let the words that I speak be of you. Uh, Use this space and use these people this morning to, to bring your kingdom here. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So Phil is appointed to the ministry position of bread hander outer, right? He is appointed to this position where it's quite a low level. We just need you to, to just pick up the daily stuff, hand out the bread, make sure everyone is getting what they need. No one's missed out. Phil goes on to do incredible things. We see him again in, in Acts chapter 8, and there's going to f- be a few more verses Now, those who were scattered went about preaching the word, Phil being one of the ones that was scattered. It's just that one, isn't it? Sorry. Yep. So what happens is Phil goes and he goes to Samaria and he preaches the word of God. And he has great success because the Lord is with him and and he preaches to the people and he casts spirits out. He's doing incredible things. He goes from being just an average guy who's in charge of bread to preaching the Word and, and, and changing people's lives. We see him again then in, in a few verses later, Acts chapter 8, and this is where things really take off for Phil. He's walking along, and now an angel of the Lord said to Phil, rise and go towards the south to the road that goes down to Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Phil, go over and join this chariot. So Phil ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you are reading? He didn't understand and he asked Phil to explain it to him and Phil sits with him and, and they go through the, the prophet Isaiah's words and, and he gives his life to the Lord. It changes this Ethiopian's life. He then says, I'm going to take this back to Ethiopia with me. I'm going to go back to the country I'm from and, and change that place. It's important that we see that it says Ethiopian and then eunuch. Ethiopian just pointing out to us that he was different. He was probably dark-skinned and he was different. He wasn't belonging to that area. Eunuch being that he was someone of great importance. He'd been chosen and changed to to live out a a job that was important to the ministry of, or to to the ruler of Ethiopia, in charge of the treasure. He was the, the CFO of Ethiopia. So Phil, average guy, has gone from being in charge of bread. He was receptive to the Lord of the Word and now he's changed Ethiopia. Through God speaking through him, but he was receptive to the Word and it changed his story and it changed the story of many others. So this morning, my question is, is there something new that God is trying to do in your life? Is there something that is 
new that maybe you're pushing back against or that is happening that you need to press into this morning that is going to change not only your story, but the story of many others. Some quick points to touch on is that everyone that we've heard of this morning already had a job. They were already doing something. Moses was part of the royal family. Joseph was a shepherd and part of the family business. David, we know again, was a shepherd and tended his father's flocks. And Noah, we understand, must have been some sort of craftsman. Although he was quite old, so he probably did a few things in his time. Everyone was already doing something. And so I don't want us to fall into this trap this morning of thinking, well, I'm already doing something. There's nothing new that God wants to do for me or in me right now. The critical thing was they were responsive to the word of the Lord and it changed their story. Probably wasn't easy. In fact, Moses, when he sees God in the burning bush, sort of argues a little bit with him. He sort of says, look, I I don't know that I'm the right person to to do this. Are you sure it's me? God says, yeah, I'm going to help you through this. I'm going to take you through this and we're going to do it together. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to change the story of many people through the new thing that I do in you. So they already had a job. There was no age limit, which I think is important for a a multi-generational church to hear. Moses was 80 years old when he had his encounter with God in the burning bush. Now that, you know, it's not everyone in here, but some people are close to that, and so they can relate to that. Joseph, I didn't look at anyone, I didn't look up, so I'm not looking at anyone. <laughs> Joseph was 17, right? He was still a, a kid. He was learning about life and, and went through some hardships with his brothers, but he was 17, he was young. David was 14, even younger again, killing bears. Oh, that, I love that little bit. It's just like such a footnote. But imagine a 14-year-old killing a bear. I'd watch that movie. Noah, get this, was 280. Now, some people say he was 500, which is pretty old. I think for the purposes of this morning, 280 is fine. But what I'm saying is that there is no age limit to doing something new. God used all of these people to to change the story. Sure, there's maybe some, there's some boundaries that are set, but there's no limits to what you can do. There's just some things, you know, physically you may not be able to do certain things, but with age comes a maturity, you would hope. A spiritual maturity that helps you actually to see that there are other things that need to be done. And that's how a multi-generational church works, right? As we all see that there's a place that we can work and we can have the most impact. And for some of us, it may be starting something new. The last thing I want to say is that there, there's no qualification. None of these people were qualified to do what they did. With the exception of Noah, who had been around for a very long time, so you would hope that he'd picked up some woodworking skills by then. No one else was qualified to do. Moses was not a leader. He could barely speak. He was somewhat illiterate and had a speech impediment from what we understand. 
How was he meant to lead a nation of people? Joseph was, was 17. His brothers hated him. How was he going to lead a nation of people and, and interpret dreams for powerful people? David was literally a kid. He had growing to do. Phil was in charge of bread. There is no, no one said, Phil, be in charge of this bread and then you are going to change the country of, the place of Ethiopia. Can't say country because who knows where it was back then. Someone does. None of them were qualified to do the thing that they did that changed the story and, and changed other people's stories. Their qualification was in Jesus. They, they were receptive to what he was doing in their life and, and that changed the story. I firmly believe that, that God puts people in our lives to help us see the new thing that he wants to do. And I think, I don't know if anyone's ever done this, but when you sit and look back at your life and, and you think of the decisions you've made and decisions you haven't made and, and where you are now and where you were some time ago, for me, I can identify key moments that changed the, the trajectory of my life. Coming out of high school, I went to uni and I could have stayed on that path and become a successful mechanical engineer. But instead, I, you know, I was invested in what I was doing in a church and, and so I through some influence of, of people that were mentoring me at the time, it was time for me to step away from that for a season. And, and most of you know that I was the youth pastor for a little while at ACH. And all of that is changed by key people helping me identify things that God was doing in my life in that moment. I think for all of us, if we look back, we can see and identify key points that changed the way we were going and, and where we went to. And so that's my encouragement this morning is if God is trying to do something new in your life, who is he putting in your life to show that to you? Is it someone in this room? Is it someone outside of this church? Uh, is it a family member? Only you're able to answer that question for yourself. Is God calling you to something new this morning? It may not be a, a full 180 full change, something else altogether. It may be a pivot within what you're already doing, a new direction within something that you're already invested in. I encourage you to, to continue to ask God these things as we go into 2024. What's the new that he wants to do? Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19 says this, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The context of this is that God is saying to the Israelites, I will do something unexpected in your life. I will make a way where there is no way. Rivers in the desert is a, well, that just doesn't happen. It's here to illustrate that God will do something incredibly new for the Israelites. And it's, and it's a story for us this morning as well. Dave, can we just get a bit of music? No, you...
what I love, I don't, I don't delve into the message very often, but uh, I did for this one. And I love the way it translates these verses. It, it really simplifies it and it really makes it easy to, to grab a hold of. But it says this, these same verses in the message says, forget what has happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Do you see it? Do you see it in your life this morning? Do you see it happening within you? The new thing that God wants to do for you in 2024. Don't fear the new because it could be the thing that unlocks your story. And and you might look back on your life in 20 years and think, man, the start of 2024 was when I really pressed into something that God was doing for me that year and doing for me. and, And that changed the trajectory of my life. The Scriptures are full of unqualified, young, middle-aged, old people who are responsive to to God, people who are already doing something, responsive to God and changed the way that they lived and changed the way that the world was. Let's pray and then um, we might just spend a few minutes just sitting and I can't answer questions for you, right? I can't. I don't know what's happening in, in everyone's lives. But God knows our heart and God knows what is happening within us. So we're going to spend some time this morning, but let's just pray. Jesus, um, we thank you for what it's been. We thank you for what you've done in our lives to this point. And we thank you for what you're about to do. We thank you for the new that you, you call up within us. The, the rivers in the desert and the way in the wilderness that you are going to make for us coming into this year. We pray that we would be receptive to what you have for us, that we would just be, that we would be paying attention to you. We would be in the Word. We would be in fellowship together. We would be living a life that's devoted to you where we see the new thing that you want to do within us. Where we can see the lives that you want to impact through us the stories you want to change, including our own. We thank you that you are the same God today as you were yesterday and you will be tomorrow. A God that wants to do something new within us. We're going to spend a few minutes this morning and and I want you to just maybe reach out your hands and, and be ready to receive from God what He wants to give you this year for 2024. What is the new thing that He is doing in your life? We're just going to spend a few minutes and ask God what He's doing. See what comes.
forget what has happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert, be present. I am about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Do you see it? Jesus, we just pray that we would be courageous enough to grab a hold of that new thing. We pray that as we continue to to search you and, and to seek you, Lord, that you would just continue to reveal new things to us. The new that you want for us this year. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.